I found myself in the uncomfortable position of trying to figure out whether or not getting a hard-on while you're getting massage is an insult or a compliment to the masseur. Uh, I'm still not sure where I land on it, uh, but it is something that I think is worth a debate, perhaps. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. My name is Reverend Campbell. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world. And I got a hell of a show for you this week, even though my tongue's getting all tied up in the... <laughs> um, that's an honest question I had with the cold open there. I didn't get a hard on, but I was honestly wondering, like, are, do they expect it? If they're doing a really good job, does your body just naturally react? And you're just like... And then if you don't, what does that say about you, if that's the expectation? I don't know. I don't know. I get concerned. <laughs> uh, I do have a hell of a show for you guys this week. We're going to be going into the devil's advocate, and we're going to talk about getting old, and more importantly, how not to get old, and why it's an issue at all. Uh, then in the Infernal Formant, we've got uh, Trevor Noah Bloomberg talked about black people like their crime piñatas. I'm going to be taking a slightly different approach to this uh, article that was released by The Guardian. And we're going to talk statistics. And I think we're probably going to bust some of your preconceptions. At least that's the goal. And if not, hey, you're already on the right page here. Then after that, we got Grim Reaper Mitch McConnell admits that there are 395 House bills sitting in the Senate. We're not going to pass those. Yeah, that's right. You would think the politicizing of government's business would be, um, I don't know, illegal or something. We're going to talk about that too. But again, we're probably going to take a slightly different tweak approach than you expect based on the article itself. And in the final segment, in Creature Feature... We're going to be talking about Rosemary's Baby, and I know I've talked about Rosemary's Baby, the film ad nauseum. I've done Satanists on Satanic Cinema about it. I've done multiple uh, conversations during Speak of the Devil and Nine Cents before it, before this version of Nine Cents. And I've talked to at least like seven or eight people on Satanic content series that I project to you about this one film. But this time we're talking about the book. We're not talking about the film. You may think there's no difference in that. That's a fair point, because there's not much. <laughs> but I love it, and I just listened to the audiobook, and we're going to talk about it, because you have no choice except to turn me off. And you don't want to do that, do you? <laughs> At least wait till the third half of the show. What's the third, the third, the third, third of the show before you do that. Okay, so uh, this past week, I, I told you guys last week, it was my anniversary. We had a wonderful dinner. 
I have a problem going to restaurants. Um, there's a number of reasons. Part of it's social anxiety, not wanting to be in a crowded space. Part of it is just driving downtown, trying to find a parking. More than anything, it's the restaurant itself. There are two primary issues I have with restaurants, and both of them are concerned with seating. So we went to a very nice restaurant, <laughs> and so you have two choices. And it's not really up to you. It's up to the establishment what they have available. We had a reservation, but I don't know if we reserved a table or a booth. But you get one of the two, a table or a booth. The table is going to be more often than not in the middle of the room. That means everyone around you is staring right at you. I like to people watch. I don't like to be watched, people. There's a difference. And two, if you don't get stuck right in the doggone center of the restaurant, you're on one of the booths. But there's something wrong with virtually every booth I've ever sat in. And that's it, that the seat is either a few inches too low or the table itself is a few inches too high. So you always feel like you're sitting up at it like this, eating your dinner, like a little kid. How can you be a romantic, powerful person is seducing the woman across the seat from you, huh? If you look like your fucking little Timmy cutting up a steak, needing help. <sighs> and then how can you have a commanding order to the waiter when they're lording over you on their normal size uh, level and you're just like down amongst the rats and, and, and cockroaches? You can't, you can't look like a man in that situation. So either way you go out, you're fucked. In this particular case, it was fine. <laughs> the seat and table were perfect level and I felt like a regular man, not a child man, which is usually the case. So I don't know if it's me, but I got to people watch and I saw some people that looked like facsimiles of uh, what you would consider like uh, famous actors, except they looked like their evil twin, where it's just like the eyebrows were just a little too wild and connected or the cheekbones were a little too pronounced. You know, it's like, it's like aliens came down, took DNA from the most beautiful people, but just couldn't stick the landing. And so they're all a little bit fucked up, a little Quasimodo-ish, you know? That's kind of, <laughs> that's, ugh, that was the restaurant issue. I got more to talk about before we dive in. I want to say hi to Peanut Butter Toast. Every time I see your name, I think about um, that Family Guy meme, Peanut Butter Jelly Time. Every time. Uh, Jason, how's it going, man? Robert, my man. Kyle, how are you? Uh, Big Diamond Chase, Valeria. M. Ashworth. M. Ashworth. I'm going to call you Martin Ashworth. Thank you guys so much for joining me in the live chat. And for anyone who's joining uh, after the fact, if you have any questions or comments about what I'm talking about, feel free to throw them up there. Talk amongst yourselves. And we're going to get this show going. Um, before we dive into... Uh, the first segment, The Devil's Advocate. Uh, I want to read another poem by my friend Colin, uh, who is currently stuck in state jail. Uh, and in this particular instance, it has nothing to do with the reason that put him there. Again, it's just because he's an immigrant in the United States. And that is something that the Americans cannot abide. Uh, let's ignore the irony that every American is an immigrant, if not themselves in a few generations past. But 
We don't believe in irony here. We just believe in punishing others that are trying to take advantage of the same thing that we or our ancestors have. Because fuck them, right? Um, so, <laughs> uh, it's nobody's business when you're romancing your partner. No, I don't know. Some people like it. Some people like it being out in the open. <laughs> they want it to be your business. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw up uh, these images one at a time so that they don't get distorted like uh, the last time I did this, which was pretty shitty. And <laughs> it's floating. <laughs> so rather than... Okay, well, I'm just going to leave it. Fuck it. it it's staying. Uh, this is the, <laughs> the SJW Whale by Colin Martin. Bully. Pig. Misogynist. The cry starts up again. The warrior on the trail finds new prey and starts its wail. Their comrades must be called to take this one down. Liar, slanderer, racist. Their target still stands. Unexpected, this one fights back. More force needed to bring them down. Allow none to escape, lest they be seen weak and lose hunting ground. Scum. Filth, homophobe, the tempo ups as desperation builds. They are using reason and facts. This must stop. They must stop this attack. This must be stamped out before the rest learn to do the same. Hater, Nazi, Hitler, now they go in for the kill. None before have lasted this long. Never has one fought this hard. They must be completely destroyed. This infection can't be allowed. Stupid. Uneducated. Actually, oh no. Dissension in the ranks. The disease has made its way into the pack. We have to cover our backs. They turned on their own with no shame or regret. A hard example they must beset. That was uh, <laughs> the SJW Whale by Colin Martin. I like these little things. They're fun little poems that he puts out. All for, uh, you know, just thoughts he has while he's sitting there. Got nothing else to do. Uh, so uh, let's go ahead and move on into uh, The Devil's Advocate, shall we? I promise, at some point, I will have introduction videos, like little segment intros, but <laughs> maybe someday, I don't know, not yet, I got too much stuff to do. Alright, this is called Don't Get Old, and the reason why I talked, wanted to talk about this is because I'm getting old. <laughs> now, why would a Satanist not want to get old? There's a number of reasons why you wouldn't want to get old, and there's a number of benefits for not getting old. And I don't mean your age, that is inevitable. But there's a lot going on physically and mentally in the individual that will either make them very old or make them very young. You always heard that term young at heart, right? That's what I'm talking about. So again, physically and mentally. So I've got some tips here on how to stay young, and we're going to talk a little bit after I give you some tips about why it's so important and practical applications of being young. Uh, I think it's important. 
uh, peanut butter, yeah, death comes to mind. That's an important one. And this is something I want to talk about because there's, there is a contingency amongst peoples, again, on a broader context uh, than just Satanists, because we are a very large minority here, um, that like the idea of living forever. I mean, there's whole subcultures based around this vampiric idealism. Uh, as a Satanist, I, I don't like that idea at all. And so you would ask me why, you know, why would you not want to live forever if life is the great indulgence and death the great abstinence? Well, precisely because of that. Without death, there's no reason to live every moment as if it were your last. To capitalize on the moment itself or to create the moment. Because inevitably, if time is not an issue for you, you're just going to wander around and float around and eventually get a, come across whatever it is that you thought you might want to do at some moment. You'll eventually come across it. But there's no urgency. And without urgency, without the possibility of not being able to accomplish it, there's no thrill when you do. Life itself is about a slow degradation to the absence of life. Th that seems like a very clear concept to me, and one that's very important to everything that I do in life. If I didn't have to worry about living in the here and now, I would be less concerned about having a profession. Uh, I would just walk the earth like kung fu or something. Uh, if, uh, if I didn't have to worry, uh, if I wasn't concerned with seizing the opportunity with a particular lover, um, because those shared moments are fleeting, or a child, those, those moments that are fleeting, I wouldn't be as concerned about cherishing, because I'd have my lifetimes, you know, an eternity of them. Why does one birthday matter when they're going to have an eternity of birthdays? And why would you as a Satanist celebrate your birthday if you were going to have an eternity of them? The celebration of it is the fact that they are finite, that you will no longer have them at some point. Celebrate life because you're not going to have it long. That is why I think it's so important to not get old physically or mentally as much as possible, but not to, not to lose that spark of life through the dreaming of immortality. And it's just not realistic. There's the fantasy side of it. Let's, let's admit that. Yeah, every one of you that wants to be a vampire, you're desiring to be a fictional character. And there's, okay, fine, whatever. I like the idea of werewolves. I'm not a werewolf. I'm not going to live my life as if I were a werewolf. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? Just be you and be happy with it. Find, okay, I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm not going to shit on vampires anymore. Uh, how, uh, don't get old. Okay, these are steps that I recommend, and, you know, some that I found online, most of them uh, I found online, on what you can do to prevent old age from setting in. And then we'll get into why. Sleep eight to nine hours daily. This is something that is so obvious. If you're younger than 18 to 20, you should be getting more than eight to nine hours of sleep. It is incredibly important for your brain to be able to shut off. And that means turn your stupid phones off, turn your damn TV off, turn off that damn radio, and just sleep. Now, if that sleep comes in the form of you tossing and turning or laying there, fine, so be it. 
but find the best amount of sleep that you can in eight to 10 hours. And this is generalized. Some people don't need that much. You know, so again, these are general uh, ideas. Um, but sleep is essential for your mind primarily to recuperate. Avoid uh, wrinkles, looking aged, with um, facial creams, uh, moisturizers, toners, and exfoliate once a week. In the winter, you don't want to usually exfoliate more than once a week because it's going to dry out your skin um, and it's going to actually get chapped and stuff. But you want to wash your face regularly. Don't, I've talked about this before. Don't touch your face. The oils that are on your hand of everything that you've been touching throughout the day will then get into your pores and you're going to end up with bad skin. If you want to stay younger, you want to look younger, you want to look younger, you got to wash your face, you got to moisturize your face, uh, and you got to exfoliate. It's that simple. It doesn't take very long. And it's ultimately a net benefit for you. It doesn't have to be expensive products either. There are inexpensive versions of expensive products that you can be using. There's nothing wrong, typically, with generic brands. Look it up. Okay, so uh, drink water. 8 to 12 glasses a day. Sounds like a lot, but there's a number of benefits. Not only are you flushing your body of um, uh, toxins... But ultimately, you're rehydrating your skin. Your skin is an organ. You got to treat it. It's an ex organ wrapped around your body, but it's an organ nonetheless. You have to treat it with care. Again, that's why you take care of your face. Take care of all your body. Drink more water. But water also helps you lose weight. If you are not drinking soda, if you are not eating tons of sugar, and we're going to get to that in a second, if you are watching what you put into your body, exercising, all that, then it's going to take care of you longer. That's just the reality of it. You don't want to be a 70-year-old man or woman unable to run from an escaped lion from the zoo. Because that happens, people. <laughs> Lions escape and they will chase your old ass. You're easy prey. So be lithe. Pick those knees up. <laughs> Wear running shoes. Um, for facial cream. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, moisturizers... Uh, I'm an old, this is, this is going to sound stupid because I'm a man, but oil of Olay, dude, <laughs> that's what I, I dig it. I don't know if it's a brand thing or what, but, um, yeah, M Ashworth, don't smoke cigarettes. That's a really huge one. Um, that will prematurely age your face on the outside, your teeth, your mouth. We'll get to that in a second, but also your insides. It just makes sense. Now I'm a hypocrite a little bit because I enjoy a cigar from time to time. But again, it's only from time to time. It's not a pack of cigarettes a day like I used to do. Um, okay, so uh, wash your face, drink water, eat a balanced diet, uh, lots of fruits and vegetables. The point of that is that you are absorbing essential minerals and vitamins and oils that are dormant in those foods, uh, in those fruits and vegetables and in those meats that are essential for your, in the same way that you give fish oil to your dogs, well, I don't know if some of you do, my wife does, in order for them to have a shinier coat, if you want your coat, <laughs> your skin, to look healthy and vibrant, you need to put stuff into your body that is going to make that naturally happen, not just put stuff on your skin. And that means eating healthy. I know it's Valentine's Day, everyone's got chocolate stains all over their fingers and mouths, their teeth are all blackened from so much chocolate, but Take a step back. Cut it out. Just relax. Eat a healthy, balanced diet. Not only will you be able to poop regularly, which is horrible if you're not, <laughs> just because of the time you have to take sitting down and taking care of business, but uh, you just feel better. You look better. You're healthier. Your body works better. Why would you not take care of yourself? All right. So uh, exercise and have sex. 
This is a big one, and I mix the two, but the point is physical activity and intimacy. Um, not only are you putting uh, special time and attention into yourself through exercise, but you're strengthening your muscles, your bones, your tendons, all those little ligaments that hug, uh, hold those muscles onto your bones, but also with the intimacy uh, of your given partner of the minute or of your life, having those physical connections keep youth in the forefront of your mind. There is something incredibly wonderful about that conquest during sex, whether you're conquested or whether you conquest someone else. Um, it, it's just, it's pure magic. It's just gold. Uh, and that orgasm is amazing. Not just because, of course, the act of sex burns calories. The orgasm is fucking phenomenal. It's literally taking drugs. It just blows that serotonin off in your mind. And you just get flushed and you feel fantastic. Tired, but fantastic. Um, again, uh, stretching is an important part of exercise, too. I know there's a lot of, there's a contingency of uh, exercise enthusiasts, it's a small one, but it's there, who don't believe in stretching. But the truth is, is stretching strengthens those uh, ligaments and soft tissues and tendons that are uh, holding that muscle to your frame, your bones, your skeleton. And it is really important that they are strong, and if they're not, then your muscles will literally rip off the bone. It's happened with people I know, and it is a terrifying thing to see. And according to them, it's a terrifying thing to experience. So stretch while you're exercising. Use sunscreen. Don't be stupid. Aside from the cancer element, which will kill you faster, which should be all of the reason you need, the sun, as wonderful as it is, prematurely ages your skin. You can get sunspots like I got, you get freckles like I got, you get wrinkles like I got, all because of too much exposure of the sun and not enough care with, again, your, the biggest organ that you have that wraps around your entire body, your skin. Um, now we're going to get into some nitty-gritty stuff. <sighs> Brush your damn teeth. I don't, I don't know why anyone would not go out of their way to brush their teeth at least twice a day. And I mean, that's all I do, so I say at least, but I know some people, if you have like braces and stuff, you wanna do it more. Um, brush your teeth morning and evening. Get all that gunk that's built up throughout the day off of it. Get all that film and sleep nastiness that's in it when you wake up out of it. Get, keep them clean. And that means going to the dentist twice a year for checkups. They're going to help you take good care of your teeth. Again. This all comes down to lesser magic, period. If you want to be an effective Satanist in the world, you have to be able to practice lesser magic, i.e., you gotta take care of yourself. If you don't, no one else is going to, and you're not gonna be successful because other people, unless, of course, this happens to be your thing with lesser magic, you just wanna take that archetype of a monstrous individual, which, okay, except you're going to get diseases from having a nasty fucking mouth, and it's going to kill you. It happens. It's real. Take care of your shit. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I go off on such fucking tangents about this stuff. You don't have sex, you're still a virgin. Well, good for you. Someday. Maybe. Hopefully. Um, pamper yourself. This is a big one. I just went on a, a, a couple's massage with my wife. Pure indulgence. Just a massage. Felt great. 
I, I felt amazing. There's no reason why I needed it. It was just a moment of indulgence. You know, like, like masturbating or something. Just take a moment for yourself. Do something for you. It's really important because, and, and consciously do that. Don't just say, well, I'm going to get, you know, I don't know, a, a bacon on my burger or something because I just, you know, I, I had a good week. No, no, no. Do something for no reason at all. Just because you love who you are, you deserve whatever that is. So do it. Take a minute. It feels good. And let's be honest, you fucking deserve it. So why not? Meditate. Take personal time. So aside of the idea of pampering yourself, uh, being able to just take moments for reflection. So much like sleep, this is integral for your mind. You need to be able to unwind uh, that stress of the day or the stress that life naturally brings you, whether it's professional or family or personal. Um, you have to be able to organize your thoughts if you're going to be effective in life. Uh, and so taking that personal time, taking those meditative moments, and I don't mean you necessarily have to like all oh, sitting, you know, on the floor, but taking those moments for pure reflection with zero other influences. I don't want you having music pumping in your ears. I don't want anything on the TV in front of you if you're in your house. I don't want someone yapping at you from around the corner. Get out. Get away from all your normal stressors and just be. You will be amazed if you regularly do this, like, I don't know, once a week or something. Some people say every day. I don't have that much time. But if you can do it once a week, it's amazing. It feels great. Um, try to have a positive attitude. Here's the thing with positive attitude. I don't want fake. Uh, I'm going to be successful because I want to be successful because everyone around me is and I'm not. Why am I such a loser? I don't want that. I want realistic, positive attitude. You, as a Satanist, have the best means of control over your life if you consciously take a role in your life. The only way that you can do that is if you have the self-confidence in order to enact that lesser magic, that applied psychology. And if you can't even do that for yourself, there's no way you're going to do it for anyone else. So have the positive attitude within yourself of knowing your strengths and limitations knowing where you need to go in order to improve upon the faults that you know of within yourself that you care to improve on. Sometimes faults aren't good. Or, I'm sorry. Sometimes faults aren't bad. And uh, move forward through life with intention, this, this positive intention that you will be able to do what it is you're setting yourself up to do. Because you can, you have all the ability in the world to do it. You have all the possibility. You just have to have a positive attitude to, to, to materialize it, to have your is to be come to fruition. Um, and then preventative medicine uh, with annual physicals. This is important. Just in the same way you need to take care of your mouth because of all the stuff that's going on there, your physical body, your regular exercise and your regular diet is not enough. We all have different chemical makeups for our physiology. We all have slightly different um, uh, physicalities that, that need to be seen from an outside source, um, i.e. a doctor. They have to give you physicals so that you know and you can prevent illnesses before they come on. And that's a really important way of looking at your own personal health care is that you're doing it so that you don't get sick or injured. 
you're actively taking an interest in your own health so that you don't end up having to take time off work or uh, having uh, to try to apply for some state or federal um, disability uh, support. No, you want to be in control of your own life. And that means you have to look ahead at potential problems. And the only way you can look at potential problems is if you know about them. And that means get your ass into the doctor once a year, get a physical and find out what's wrong with you. Or if there is something wrong with you, cut it off at the pass before it becomes a problem. Or if you just are great all around, all the better. More, uh, more uh, powder for that, that ego of yours. All right, let's see what we're saying here. I uh, brush my teeth a dozen times a day and still ain't getting no action. <laughs> that might be the problem. You got something sticking out of your mouth so no one else can put anything in it. Um, <laughs> uh, study says that uh, people get their teeth cleaned, live an average of six years longer. Not bad. Six years with clean teeth. I dig it, man. Um, you can lack in one aspect and have others. Man, you can do what you put your mind to, my man. Yeah, for the most part. Again, realistic. It's like the combination lock principle. We always have to keep in mind when practicing greater magic and, you know, to its own fair uh, point to lesser magic. Some things are just going to be out of your reach for whatever reason. Um, there's a myriad of factors, but um, realistic expectations is the real point of that. Um, we're all our own masters, our own gods, so we are the only ones who can manifest the best in ourselves. It's absolutely true. And biscuits and gravy. That's right, Robert. Um, okay, so the other part I want to uh, talk about before I talk about um, sort of applications, and I've already kind of gone on to that, is uh, feeding your mind, right? So in the same way that you're feeding your body water as needed, healthy foods, vegetables, stay away from processed sugars and flours as much as you can because it is not good for your body at all. Um, again, there are such things as food deserts. And so regionally across the world, do your personal best, do what you can. No one expects you to be a hero, <laughs> you know, like, because there is no hero. There's new diets and fads coming out every single year that seem to disprove everything that came before it. And then the next month, a new one comes out that shuts that down. So just do your best. Realize that we as human beings are flawed creatures. And all we can do is base our decisions off of the knowledge that we have in the moment, hopefully, without forgetting past orthodoxies. And so uh, base your behaviors accordingly. All right. Don't go off on crazy fruit diets that will end up killing you and have proven to kill people. So um, feeding your mind, read, read, read. I'm not just talking about satanic literature. That's great. Put it down. Put the satanic Bible down. Pick up a classic novel. Pick up a foreign story. Translated if you don't speak the foreign language. It is incredibly... Pick up your newspaper if they still exist. I don't even know if they still exist. But read. Don't you... And this is... We, we have propagated a culture that if there is any reading at all, it is in the form of a tweet or a headline or the first couple lines of a post. And we never actually dig any deeper. If you... If you want any actual knowledge, if you want to be able to develop an original thought of your own, the only way to do that is to educate yourself. 
And the only way to do that is to read. It's amazing. You don't even need eyes to do it. <laughs> there are audiobooks. Pick them up and just absorb. Let your brain absorb the information and go on that journey. Whether it's fiction or nonfiction, whether it's scientific or art-based uh, ideas, just feed yourself. Find something that you're interested in and dive in. It is incredibly important. There are tons of cultivated uh, reading lists out there for whatever interest. There's even one on the Church of Satan website. Um, it is important that you feed your mind. And you cannot do that solely by watching docuseries or streaming services or live TV, if that's even a thing anymore, or listening to radio or watching stupid assholes on their YouTube channel. <laughs> Read. It, I, I can't say it enough. It's really important. Um, so why, why do we not want to get old? What is the benefit of not getting old? Well, people can sense your attitude that you project. Of course, one of the tenets of uh, lesser magic is learning to mask your true self and be the individual that you want the... Uh, person you're trying to influence uh, to ex expect. Um, you want to be that. But ultimately, if you are incapable of controlling uh, your own state of life, meaning if, if you don't feel vivacious, full of energy, you're not going to be able to fake that. You can fake opposite. You can go down. You can't go up. If you are just a, a, an exhausted, achy, a uh, miserable human being, you will never be able to convince anyone of anything. Not to sleep with you, not to give you promotion, not to be your fucking friend. At all. You have to be healthy and vivacious and young in your mind and as much as possible in your physicality if you ever want to then transform your body, be malleable in order to alter and adjust in the practice of lesser magic, right? And that's really what it comes down to. You can read the Satanic Bible and identify as a Satanist, but unless you are acting, living as a Satanist, it's just a fucking label. It's a button on your collar. You're a Satanist not because you identify, but because you act accordingly because you go out and you use lesser magic and you find real world success that is satanism and that is why you don't want to get old you know you're gonna die keep it off as long as possible enjoy those moments because you've taken care of yourself you because you've taken care of your mind and that's why it's so important I, i've always struggled with this idea that simply because you've read a book you are that thing Simply because you've read a book, you're the highest embodiment of human life. Bullshit. That's only part way there. You have to actually go do something. And ultimately, that's why I get so fed up and, and pissed off by uh, uh, social media. is because it encourages you not to do things. To act like you do things. Instead of actually doing things. If you were doing things, you wouldn't have time to post about it. All right. Um... Yeah, there's a number of reasons why people don't do audiobooks, but there's a number of reasons why they're wonderful. Uh, if you are visually impaired, if you don't have time to read, but you can listen to things in your commute or in your work, 
there are a number of reasons why audiobooks are fantastic. And there's no reason why, uh, uh, there's actually no difference to your brain through studies, at least that I've heard about um, anecdotally. Uh, there's no difference between your brain's comprehension and understanding of ideas uh, because as you're listening to the book, your brain is still working in the same way as if you were reading it yourself. So it not only it improves your language, uh, uh, not mine, obviously, uh, it improves your grasp of the language, uh, of pacing, of, of it, your tone, of your uh, delivery. Uh, it, it's a net positive in all respects. Um, podcast junkie podcasts are great. Sometimes you need to dive a little deeper, though. There's some ideas that you can't get across in an hour effectively or in uh, you know, a few minutes that you're going to find in a podcast that you can really dive into from like experts of their field in novels. It's really amazing. Um. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. All right, this I can't believe we're already over half an hour in. So that's the <laughs> that's the devil's advocate. Let's move on to the infernal informant. This first one, hold on, let me switch this out. <clears throat> I may get faster at this, I don't know. Okay, I thought it was going to stay large. It was just like, ah, fuck the images, I'm not going to do it. All right, so this article, Trevor Noah uh, Bloomberg talked about black people like their crime pinatas. Um, so this is all coming from The Daily Show with uh, Trevor Noah. And actually, a lot of the uh, late night hosts had bits about this. Um, but this is uh, coming from a 2015 uh, statement by Mike Bloomberg, uh, former Republican mayor of New York, who is now running as the Democrat uh, uh, presidential hopeful, which blows my mind in and of itself, but okay. Um, but he's defending his controversial stop and frisk policy. Um, that disproportionately, uh, disproportionately affected minority residents during his time as New York City's mayor. And he says as follows. We put all the cops in minority neighborhoods, he says in the clip. Yes, that's true. Why did we do it? Because that's where all the crime is. And the way you get the guns out of the kids' hands is to throw them against the wall and frisk them. Last year, Bloomberg said white people are disproportionately targeted by stop and frisk, while minority residents are under-targeted. According to Bloomberg, white people were the real victims of stop and frisk, said Trevor Noah. Black people and Latinos spent years, years, saying that they were harassed by the police. And Bloomberg's response was, I hear you. We have been unfair to white people. Um, so this got me to thinking. I actually don't mind the idea of targeting the problem. If the problem are a certain ethnicity, has a propensity of violence or criminality, why would you not target them? That It doesn't make any sense. You target the problem, you don't target the not problem. And so on its face, all right, I dig it, I get it. Makes sense to me. Why is modern culture shitting on this idea? Well, because it wasn't logically applied. So let's get into this, shall we? The Bureau of Justice Statistics, 
uh, say that uh, the offender, 70% of violent incidents involving black victims was of the same race and ethnicity. So that means 70% of violence on black communities was committed by black individuals. Okay, 62% of white incidents were caused by white people. Okay, so 70 and 62, that's very similar. So another way of saying that would be the majority of all crime on a certain ethnicity comes from those of the same ethnicity. Makes sense. 45% uh, of those involving Hispanic victims were Hispanic. 24 of those involving Asian victims were Asian. So then that's not the case. Then it is saying that white people and black people target their own ethnicity more than anyone else. So then it's not just a black problem. So then why did they put all of the cops in ethnic minorities? That, that's not all the problem. They should have had cops in the white minority or in the, in the white uh, neighborhoods too, stopping and frisking the white people that were committing the crimes. Now you can look at these statistics and say 70% of uh, the black victims were uh, perpetuated by black criminals. 62% of white victims were from white criminals. That's a lower number, except you're not considering population percentages. 70% of 100 versus 70% of 100,000 are very different numbers. So let's look at this. The population in the same time this survey was done, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, white people made up 63.8% of all of the American population. 638 62% of all white victims were from white criminals. That blows away the 12.8% of the population that is black. So 70% of 12.8 is infinitely less than 62% of 63% of all Americans. So we can stop pretending that black people are criminals, that they're the ones doing all the crime. We need to pay more closer attention to them. Let's stop and frisk them. No. If you want to stop and frisk someone and you want to be fair about it, whatever that word means, as they're saying, we got to go where the crime is. It's in white neighborhoods because white people are committing the majority of all criminal acts. We're the fucking problem. Now, I'm not throwing myself on the sword here because... There are problems in other communities that need to be addressed. But if you're going to create a situation like stop and frisk that is ridiculous, that violates the individual rights of uh, other human beings on the planet, not to mention the idea of innocent until proven guilty, which is sort of the basis of our justice system, supposedly, then you're fucking defending a flawed idea. Look, our current population is 329 million people. 63.8 of those are white. Immigrants are not the problem. Asians, Hispanics, blacks are not the problem. It's a bitter pill to swallow. <laughs> We're the fucking problem, man. Yeah, it sucks. We need more education. We need better family structured units. 
we need to have a little more introspection and be a little less concerned about each other and a little more concerned about ourselves. And I think that statistic would go down. And it has gone down a lot. Crime has diminished spectacularly since the 70s. But it's being unjustly applied to the wrong people. We, white people, are the problem in America. Look at the numbers, man. I'm not making it up. Visit the U.S. Census Bureau. Visit the Bureau of Justice Statistics. These are government-funded programs run by the government giving us the numbers saying that it's not minorities that are the problem. It is not immigrants that are the problem. It is us that are the problem. And yet we ignore it. It, it drives me crazy. It drives me insane. I mean, just look at the drug use archives. Let me pull this up really quick. Uh, because again, it's not all violent crimes. Some of it's just drug use. But we have a disproportionate amount of um, uh, blacks in prison for drug charges compared to whites. Now we say it's because, well, the blacks and the Hispanics are, are doing the wrong thing. Um, this is estimated prevalence of recent illegal drug use uh, by race and ethnicity. Whites and blacks are not that different. But then think about percentages of people. Uh, now, of course, this is disproportionate because the amount of American, uh, Native Americans in our country is like 0.08% of the population. And they have a real problem because we've forced them onto reservations that are filled with uh, illegality. Uh, and so it makes sense to me that theirs would be spiking. But whites and blacks are not that far off. And yet the percentage of whites is infinitely more. And so if you just look at the numbers behind this chart, white people use drugs much more than black people. And yet black people get put to prison with more strict sentences because of their use. Interesting. Anyway, all I'm saying is uh, I agree with Mike Bloomberg. We should target the clear problem of crime in our society. But then I use data to do that. And that says he's targeting the wrong people when he did it in New York. The real people he should have been targeting are white Americans. It sucks as a white American to admit that, but that's reality. And I'm a Satanist. I live in reality's tent. I don't make shit up and just hope it's right because it fits my worldview. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one here. Oh, did I have the right? I think I might have had the wrong image up there. I think I had McConnell up there the whole time. All right, so this article is the, uh, brought to us by Newsweek.com. Grim Reaper Mitch McConnell admits that there are 395 House bills sitting in the Senate. We're not going to pass those, he says. Uh, on Fox News Friday, anchor Brett Bayer asked McConnell if Democrats' statements about those bills were true and whether they could move forward. McConnell confirmed that it was the case, but also said that proposed legislation would be rejected. Um, it is true, the senator said. They've been on left, uh, full left-wing parade over there, trotting out all their left-wing solutions that are going to be issues in the fall campaign. They're right. We're not going to pass those. 
So this is Mitch McConnell, leader of the Senate majority, saying that he will not pass bills that were lawfully put to the Senate to be just voted on. He won't even vote on them. As the law dictates he should, because they were put there by liberals from the House. Here's my problem with Mitch McConnell. He is a fucking Republican. Full stop. That's my problem with him. Let me explain. Republicans, not your dad is Republican, though probably them too, but the modern incarnation of Republicans has been tainted, leaked in and taken over like a virus by the Tea Party who do not want government to work. Full stop. And so they don't allow government to work. Full stop. And then they say we should have lower and less government because government doesn't work. Full stop. You made it not work! You're the reason it's not fucking working! You're not allowing legal bills to come up! And so you can say, well, they're just Republicans. They're just doing what Republicans would do. The Democrats would do the exact same thing if they were in power, right? No, wrong. They don't. I would argue it's because Democrats are fucking pussies and they suck at legislating. But another way of looking at that is that Republicans have gained the system and they cheat consistently. Now, you can argue however you want to argue this, but the facts are these. Wyoming, a population of 563,000 Americans, has 30 senators and 60 representatives. California, a population of 37 million has 40 senators and 80 representatives. Proportionately, they are way more of a population marker than Wyoming. And yet, statistically, they, Wyoming, with their meager 563,000 people, have as much say as the 37 million in California. That is our system. And that's why Republicans will never fix the Electoral College. Because it's the only way they can win in office. They do it a number of ways. They used to do it with Jim Crow laws. They used to do it by preventing women to vote. They used to do it, um, uh, in, in many states they've actually made this illegal now, by drawing out districts that they know statistically they will then win every single time. So they will maintain power with any fear of losing it. And then they disenfranchise voters. And they do this in a number of ways, and they're doing it right now and even in this election. They disenfranchise voters by creating stricter and stricter photo ID regulations. They do it by striking voters from registration polls. That's right. If you didn't vote in the last election because you hated Hillary, I understand. If you didn't vote in the last election because you hated Trump, I get it. But guess what? You may not be a registered voter anymore in some states because of it. Pretty fucked up, right? Uh, they have something called the exact match system. That if there is a typo put in by yourself or some random data entry person into the voter registration list, you're no longer registered to vote because they don't know if you're you or not. There are a lot of ways that Republicans have been able to maintain power in our government. But the truth is, they are the minority. 
They're the minority, not only in population, but they're the minority in ideas. This isn't a pro-Democrat rant here. This is an anti-Republican rant. And I need you to understand the difference. Everyone needs to think for themselves. If you like Republican ideals, hey, good on you. I don't give a fuck. All I'm saying is that those Republican ideals are the minority in this country. And the only reason why they win is because Republicans game the system. They lie. They cheat. They do not allow laws to go when they're going to be against them. And they insist laws to go forward when they are for them. Example. Mayor Garland was put up by President Obama as uh, his Supreme Court nominee in the final year of his uh, presidency. McConnell refused to even consider the notion, even though it is outlined in the Constitution that he has to, to even have a conversation about Merrick Garland being put up on the Supreme Court. Why? Because Merrick Garland is a centrist. He's not a Republican. He's not a right figure. And the Republicans wanted control of the Supreme Court. Well, guess what? They got it. They got it by cheating, by breaking the fucking law. And what did the Democrats do? The impotent fucking losers that they are? Not a goddamn thing. Not a goddamn thing. They let those fucking criminals continue their criminal activity. And they're doing it again. McConnell said that if in the final year of Trump's presidency, whether that's this year or the next, who, if there's a, a vacancy in the Supreme Court, he's going to fill it. He's going to do the exact thing, same thing he said he wouldn't do for Obama. Why? Because he's a fucking lying piece of shit. That's why. Those are your Republicans. So if you like them because they're lying pieces of shit, awesome. Good on you. But you can't deny that they're not. And you can't apply that same brush to everyone else. And you can't look at the American uh, states that were colored red in the last election as if that were some true representation of those entirety of states, nor of the greater population of people voting. Because the truth is, the Republicans are a minority that have gamed the system in order to create a false sense of fairness to their lying and cheating. And Republicans are too fucking weak to do a goddamn thing about it. And that's why it's so important to vote locally on your city, state, and federal levels in your best interest, whatever that is. Because that is the only way that you can get money out of politics and get the fucking cheaters out of office. So instead of them taking care of their corporate donors, they're taking care of you, the person who put them there. Wow, that was a... That was a rant. Sorry. Let me see what you guys are doing here. I see a whole bunch of... Um... <laughs> it, when when uh, I have it set up so it flags potentially inappropriate comments, <laughs> and so someone, like an, another admin or myself, has to open those comments up, I just saw like a stack of uh, flagged comments come through. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, there's no way I'm going to get through all these, so let me, let me look at a couple of them. Uh, you used to like shove big bottles of whiskey in your pen. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what that I don't know what that was. Um, uh, you grew up in the ghetto of Baltimore. You understand the pressure to do wrong. That's what I'm saying. It's a psychological trial. Okay, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about in this particular case. Um, thank you as a Wyoming resident. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, Jason. You got a lot of say for very few people. Um, you don't know if a lot of people are doing drugs. All right, I don't want to get past the drugs. You live in California. Trust me, our state is run like shit, and it ain't McConnell's fault. No, you're right, Sean. And I'm not saying that uh, 
whoever is in charge of your district or your state is right or wrong. I'm saying that your vote means less than anyone living in Wyoming because of the way the system is set up, period. And that might be why your state runs like shit, as you say, because you are a fraction of the amount of person than anyone in Wyoming. If you think that's fair, good for you. I personally think it's shit. Um, all right, what else? Uh, what are you guys talking about? Hentai? What, what the hell? <laughs> uh, the guy just wanted to smoke crap. Oh, you guys are like jumping in. Uh, this is beautiful, Rev. This is how the fuck I feel and agree. Love your rent. Oh, well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, you don't like the Republican and Democrat ideals? I Yeah, and I don't fault you for that. Um, it's really hard as a Satanist, I think, to tie yourself to any political party. Like, really, really hard. I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of Satanists um, that I've met personally that say they prefer um, um, libertarianism, I think it is. Uh, but even that, in my personal opinion, uh, is deeply flawed. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, you see, both sides is fucked up. See, and uh, you can, this is my problem. You cannot paint the brush... Like, oh, well, all Republicans are bad, so then all Democrats must be bad, too. No, no. Republicans are incredibly effective at convincing people of lies and then being hypocritical. Democrats are very bad at pointing it out. Republicans are great at lying about Democrats' standings. Democrats are terrible about give, uh, telling the, their side and being effective at it. There is a difference between them. One is effective and one is not. That's the biggest disparity. Other than that, they're pretty much the same people. I mean, let's be honest. They're both controlled primarily by corporate donors who tell them to yes, vote yes or vote no on any given issue or give them money in order to tell them to, tell, uh, to, to vote yes or no on any given issue. That's the problem. You get rid of the money, then they have to vote for you. And if the money's not putting them into office, than you are. That means you can take them out. So they have to do what you say. And you have representatives that are doing it that people are freaking out about, like AOC. You may not like her policies, but she's incredibly powerful and effective. Republicans are fucking terrified of her. Terrified. And even Democrats are terrified of Bernie Sanders getting in office because he's the exact same way. He's a progressive, but he's a progressive on the left rather than the progressive on the right that's in the White House. Um... No, a single vote isn't going to make that big of a deal. But if we can get the idea of voting as a necessity, not uh, an option, into people's minds, then you have many more than one vote. Millions of people sat out the last election. Millions of people. Like, I think it's like 14 million people did not even vote at all. That's huge. That sways an election damned the Electoral College. Uh, libertarianism. Was that it? I, I can't. For the life of me. It was a while ago that I was polling people. Uh, like the old nine cents days. All right. Let's move on. That is going to do it for this Infernal Informant. I know I go off in these rants. Um, I'm passionate about it. And the reason is, it all comes back to satanic ideology. Um, I want a total environment. I, I, that, that's a satanic ideal. It's in pentagonal revisionism, the construction of, of total environments. 
if I want to feel safe in my area, if I want to have authority over my area, my area doesn't end at the walls of my house. When I'm driving down the street, I want the same, I demand the same authority that I have if I'm sitting in my living room. And the only way I can do that is to know that the people running the system of that area are people that I put there or that I support. And the only way that's ever going to happen, you're never going to find someone that matches everything. So you do the best you can. And the only way that's going to happen is if you vote. You take an active role in whatever society you're in. Um, all right, so let's move on. I'm already an hour in. Ah, shit. I didn't want to take this long. You guys let me rant too long. Creature feature. some creature feature i'll have those audio um sequences meshed better as well like you know fading you know more evenly than just being cut off by my switching it over all right so let's talk about rosemary's baby this was written by uh, ira levin levin um uh, august 27 1929 to november 12th 2007 was his life he was an american novelist playwright and songwriter in 2002, he said he feels guilty that Rosemary's Baby led to the exorcist, the omen. A whole generation has been exposed as more belief in Satan, and he doesn't even believe in Satan. And uh, he feels this same, uh, strong fundamentalism we have would not be as strong if there had, been, if there had not been so many of these books. Um, of course, he hasn't sent back any of the royalty checks, he says. So I love that tongue-in-cheek. And I love that. I don't believe in Satan either. But I love stories about him. <laughs> I really do. And whether you take it as a physical manifestation or you take the stories as uh, metaphors, I still love them. I can't help it. I even love the Christian mythos of Satanism. Um, that's funny. The Christian mythos of Satan. The fallen angel that, that was just trying to allow free will in man was cast out of heaven, took a third of the host with him, and were condemned to live on the planet uh, of Earth. And, uh, you know, dwell in the underworld. And, and, and the only way they can have any influence over man is to do the exact opposite of what they fought for in the first place by convincing them to do evil. I love that. How do you not like that? Oh, I love the romantic Satan that came across in the um, Victorian era by Milton. I love Satan. Don't believe in him. I'm a Satanist. We don't believe in Satan. But he's a metaphor. And Rosemary's baby creates a wonderful depiction of what Satan or the influence of Satan would be if he were, in fact, a physical manifestation. Um, and, okay, so let me, let me put this. I'm obsessed. I'm mildly obsessed, maybe a little bit more mildly uh, than mildly, with Rosemary's Baby. It made me fall in love with Mia Farrow, which led me to other Mia Farrow works, like The Last Unicorn, which is <laughs> a voiceover acting role she did, but I still love that film because she's in it more than any other reason, though there are other reasons. Um, it's, it's an amazing, let, let me get through the story really quick. The premise is this, um, Rosemary Woodhouse has uh, wanted children for a long time, but her husband Guy uh, wanted to wait until his career was established. Uh, they move into the Bramford building uh, in an urban center, uh, but the building itself has this disturbing, uh, disturbing history of witchcraft and cult uh, 
uh, cultism. Um, they, when they go there, uh, as I'm going to try to speed this up, uh, they meet this uh, old couple, the Castavets, who uh, talk about worldly experience, and uh, guy, uh, guy and Roman Castavet have this sort of one-on-one where ultimately it's going to be revealed that he says, look, if you swear fealty to the Prince of Darkness, and this is all subtext, uh, then we're going to help you have a wonderful, successful career. And you will, you know, find roles that you have lost out on or maybe you deserve and you didn't get. And so uh, he agrees. And the only sacrifice he has to give in return is the firstborn child that is going to be the byproduct of Rosemary and the devil himself. And so he convinces uh, Rosemary to eat this (laughs) chocolate mouse, as many Castavet calls it. Uh, But this chocolate mousse, which is supposed to put her under one night, and uh, he takes... Uh, her over to the Castavets, where it's this uh, ritual, but she's still sort of conscious, so she's having these weird dreams and visions of this, but she's not quite awake, so she doesn't know if it's real or not. And then the devil himself materializes, has sex with her, leaves claw marks and scars. She wakes up the next day, and Guy pretends that he had taken advantage of her after she passed out. There's a couple things wrong with this that she finds. First of all, he essentially raped her. And yeah, it's the 60s and they were married and women didn't have the same legal autonomy that they have nowadays. But still, bad form, man. Don't do it. Don't take, unless your wife is into that with, you know, permission, don't do that. But he tries to play it off. And so she starts to kind of distrust him a little bit. Um, she starts feeling ill because she becomes pregnant from that encounter. And she just starts to spiral at that point where she's seeing um, uh, her friend Hutch had told them about Black Bramford, the building that they were moving into and now they live in. And uh, he is uh, sort of giving his um, personal interpretations of not only the happenings, but of the queer behavior that she is explaining about Minnie and Roman and Guy as of late. Um, Uh, To the point where he becomes a threat, and so they have to get rid of him, and they do. Um, She starts believing that they're trying to kill her baby, and that this is all conspiracy. And so she goes to her doctor, um, and he tries to placate her. She goes to her original doctor that um, uh, she saw before she was actually uh, confirmed to be pregnant, um, or actually she found her pregnancy from him. And he actually called her current doctor, and had her sent home back with them, and they threatened to lock her up if she didn't go with them, and so, you know, they, uh, ultimately, she had the baby, it was taken from her, she believed it was taken, but they said it was, um, it died in childbirth because of her hysterics, but that she was healthy and she could have another kid. She refused to believe it, rightly so. She started hearing babies crying through the walls, which was her baby. And she realized that when they pumped her milk, that they weren't just throwing it away. They were taking it somewhere, and she didn't know where. And so the suspicions grew and grew until she finally got the nerve to break through this uh, door that was between the Castavets and her own. It used to be one big apartment. And she came across the coven celebrating the birth of Adrian, uh, the Antichrist himself. What is so great about this novel is not only that it's the version I, I had an audiobook uh, that I listened to was narrated by uh, Mia Farrow, which I uh, love it. Um, it had one, th- it, it was really faithful to the actual film itself. Uh, Roman Polanski, when he decided to take on this project, 
uh, studied the book obsessively, they say. Uh, he marked pages and engaged in long conversations with Ira uh, Levin about everything from story to wardrobe details. He was obsessive about this film to get it as close as possible. Now, this was his first book to film adaptation so he was a younger director maybe he didn't realize he could have taken more liberties or maybe he just wanted to be true to the original works either way the novel is very similar to the film that it was that was made after it um, but there was one part that i thought was very interesting that twisted the story for me that made it seem a little bit a little bit more sad ultimately i think um, so in the book rosemary actually leaves guy See, Guy's a straight-up asshole. He's a dick of a husband. And he constantly, he's one of those abusers that is a consistent gaslighter. No, nothing's wrong. You're going crazy, honey. Don't make up all these uh, fanciful ideas. Uh, your friend Hutch is just filling your head full of nonsense. Don't listen to him. He's crazy. You're crazy if you listen to him. Do what I say and everything's going to be okay. He's gaslighting her the whole fucking time. He's a piece of shit. And in the book, she gets up the courage. She, she uses uh, Hutch's, like, sort of... Uh, cabin uh, in the uh, wilderness or something to actually escape from him and she stays there for a while just trying to recuperate clear her mind figure out what the hell is going on in her pregnancy that hurts she's physically ill and in pain for months and her husband is acting like a total dick these intrusive neighbors are constantly coming around and dominating uh injecting themselves into her life she's being gaslit the whole time she just can't take it and so when she does finally go back to him, it puts the character, Rosemary, in a completely different light. She had strength and autonomy. She had a mind of her own in the novel. In the movie, she just kind of went along and suffered through it and did what she had to do. And, like, she just sort of, she wasn't okay with it, but she put up with it. She allowed herself to be a victim. In the book, she at least tried to break a cycle. And ultimately, she went back for whatever reason uh, and, and were allowed a little bit to, to make up that reason alone. But that, that one little scene changed my entire view of Rosemary as a character. And it added a complexity to a story that I've watched dozens of times uh, on, on my TV, but I, I still am unlocking little parts of the story that give it more life simply by reading the novel as well it's amazing ah so anyway if, if you've loved the film and you haven't read the novel yet oh, please get out there and read the novel it is fantastic um and if you have the chance to get the audiobook or borrow the audiobook from the library and yes public libraries will loan you physical books electronic books and audiobooks it's a great resource man socialism yeah, the library is a socialist construct, people. It's alive and well in America. It's great. It's free. You sign up and you get a rent books for free. It's a great listen. It is a great read. And it's a fantastic story. Rosemary's Baby, everyone. Check it out. Five stars. Love it. It's great. And that, well, that's it. That's another show. <laughs> I love it. I love that you guys are chatting it up. I'm going to have to read these comments after the fact because if I'm in the middle of ranting, if I don't have someone here talking, I can't divert my eyes over, you know? Oh, man. To read all your uh, your notes is, is my point in there. All right, slip, <laughs> slipping the wife roofies. Yeah, typical Republican. <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't know his politics. I don't want to disparage Republicans as being rapists. I'm sure there's many liberals that have raped people. Um, rape is bad all around. Satanists know uh, adult uh, acceptance and agreement is always consent is essential and only adults period um, get horn implants <laughs> no thanks I like having a semi-normal face whatever this is I like it I don't want to I don't want to fuck my face up um, yeah here's one thing I, I right before I go I, I'm, I promise I'm gonna stop this stream we're, we're over time I always struggle with not just Satanists, but just people who wear themselves on their sleeve, meaning they go out of their way to make sure that everyone knows they're individual, they're different, they're special. So like, like the old school Diabolus Rex, the fucking you know, horn implants, or you know any tattooist and stuff that goes a little too crazy up here, I'm always like, eh, maybe you're trying too hard. See, I prefer to be an individual that exhibits individuality, not presents it. Um, eh, arguably, that's a bad way to word it, but I think you get my point. Uh, I, I, I like to embody myself rather than present myself as something different. So you see me, instead of wearing a band t-shirt uh, or bracelets and like having rings across all my fingers... Um, you know, I don't have necklaces hanging out everywhere. I don't have fucking piercings all over and, and tattoos all over. If that's you, awesome. That's just not my bag. So, I don't know. I don't dig it. I prefer to blend in and, and uh, uh, manipulate behind the scenes, I guess. But, nothing wrong with those who don't, as long as you're effective at it. Lesser magic people. Actively, actively embody Satanism. Alright, that's it. I'm going to hang up now. I'd like it's a phone call. Uh, that's it for this episode of Nine Cents. I hope you enjoyed it. And you can view past episodes or my other satanic series on my website, reverendcampbell.com. If you enjoyed this episode or any other satanic projects of mine, I would ask that you like this video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, sign up to my email list. And you can also subscribe to the audio podcast wherever podcasts are available by searching Reverend Campbell. Also, please, don't forget to give me a rating or review. It's very much appreciated. Um, it's one of the foolproof ways of letting others know that this is a valuable satanic resource, if you consider it one. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about Satanism or the Church of Satan, visit churchofsatan.com. And until next week, my devilish friends, hail the Satan. <laughs> hail Satan, everyone.